This is a Voice It podcast. I'm KLG and each episode I'll bring to you different stories from business people across the UK on It's Your Business. Everyone has a story to tell. Why not voice it? Voiceitpodcastagency.co.uk In this series, we deliberately use equipment that you might already have in your business, ensuring that you have the opportunity to make your very own business podcast. More about that on my website. Hello and welcome to this episode of It's Your Business with me, KLG. And in my studio today, we have the diabetes expert, Neil De Silva. Hello, Neil. Hi, Kath, and uh, thank you for having me on today. You're very welcome. Now, you have developed a four-step guide to preventing or reversing type 2 diabetes, and it's the KISS program, KISS plan. And we're going to look into that because business professionals that listen to this podcast, it should be their business to look after their health. And this podcast is called It's Your Business, So today, when I came across you, Neil, I thought we need to be preventing things opposed to the latter when things take hold. And I thought it'd be really good for business professionals to listen to this and go, ah, wait a minute, I might need to do something about this. So first of all, why did you develop this plan? My story goes back into my 20s and into my 30s. I was one of those people that could eat and drink with impunity. Um, But as I reached my late 30s, I knew that my health wasn't particularly good. And certainly for someone approaching their 40s, I was certainly carrying too much weight. And then the the real moment came when my, my dad died. My dad died in August 2012. He was 66 years old. I went away on a family holiday and I got a phone call while I was on holiday that he'd been found dead with a heart attack. A couple of days later, I was talking to the coroner and the coroner asked me, uh, did you know that your dad had type 2 diabetes? And I said, no, Uh, I'd never mentioned it. And the coroner said, well, there's no record of it either on my dad's medical records. Um, So it was it was a bit of a shock because he'd never mentioned it. Um, obviously he'd never been diagnosed with it and literally just literally dropped, dropped dead at 66. So it really had a massive impact on me. And a few weeks after my dad died, again, I mentioned that I wasn't in particularly good shape. So I went to my doctors and uh, said to my doctor, look, I'd like to have a, you know, a full health check, please. Uh, full bloods, you know, full MOT, if you like. And the doctor asked me why, and I explained to him that my dad had just died, you know, of a diabetes-related condition. He was relatively young at 66, and I, you know, basically, I didn't want to end up the same way as my dad. And so I had a full MOT done, and then the doctor came back with the results, and they weren't particularly good. So I was, at that time, I was 40 years old. And he said to me, look, you know, you are, you are morbidly obese, you have high cholesterol, you have really high blood pressure and your blood sugars are in the type 2 diabetic range. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I knew I wasn't in good shape. I just didn't know how bad it was. That was a real shock for me. That was a real wake up call. I knew I wasn't in good health. I was running my own business at the time. Uh, my background before I got into nutrition was marketing. So I was running my own marketing agency, as I'm sure lots of your listeners are running their own small, medium or even large business. 
And I'd focused on running the business and I'd really let my health go over probably the previous five or six years. And so my journey came, my journey, and this, this, this leads towards the book, my journey came because I didn't want to be on a handful of drugs. I'm not anti-drugs. I'm not anti you know, pharmaceutical uh, intervention that some, sometimes will save your life. I just knew that if I started taking drugs for blood pressure, drugs for cholesterol, drugs for blood sugars, et cetera, et cetera, that I would be on them for the rest of my life. And I just didn't want that. I did, just didn't want that. And so I started to learn about nutrition. And back in 2012, I knew nothing about nutrition. I think back to my diet now, and it was pretty bad. You know, what I ate, what I drank was pretty, pretty bad. And so I started to learn. I started to improve my health. I started to lose the weight, which was obviously a critical component. Uh, I went from a 40-inch waist down to a 30-inch waist over oh, wow. a period of, a, of, of about 18 months. So it was no crash diet. It was, it was steady weight loss. Uh, and in the process, I brought my blood pressure down. Uh, I brought my cholesterol down to a healthy range. And most importantly for me, because obviously it related to my dad, I reversed my type 2 diabetes and I brought that back down to the normal range. And then people were saying to me, um, yeah, uh, how have you done it? What have you done? And I actually quite liked giving people tidbits of advice on a purely personal, not professional level, because at, at that time I was still running my marketing company. And I thought, you know what? I really enjoy helping people yeah. as opposed to running my marketing company and helping companies make money. I actually really enjoy helping other human beings improve their quality of life. I've got a real, you know, I've got a real kick out of that. So I thought, you know what? I, this could be a career. This could be a, a changing career for me. So in in 2014, I became a qualified nutritionist. Well, how did you become a qualified nutritionist? I basically looked around at the best types of courses for me. Um, I wanted to take an accredited course. So I wanted that recognition. There's lots of people in my industry that aren't qualified. Uh, and that's their, that's their right. It's an unregulated industry, sadly. But I'm one of those people that if I do something, I do it properly. So um, I took a City and Guilds nutrition course. It was a level five nutrition course, which included things like uh, prevention of obesity in children. It included metabolic weight loss. It included pre and postnatal. It also included sports nutrition. And whilst I'm qualified in those areas, my real passion was type two diabetes because it had affected me personally. And obviously I'd, I'd lost my dad because of type two. So type two uh, became my core focus. So if someone comes to me and says, I'm not type two diabetic, but I need to lose some weight. Yet I can help them lose weight without dieting. But my real focus is obviously the prevention and the management and then the reversal of type two diabetes. So can that be managed and reversed just with nutrition and diet? So when we look at the different levels, we have people who are pre-diabetic. So they're not in the diabetic range yet, but they're, they're, they're higher than the normal range. So uh, they're kind of in that no man's land where if they do nothing, they will almost certainly become type 2 diabetic. But if they do something and they take control and they improve their diet, they improve their lifestyle, then from my experience, pre-diabetes is 100% reversible. When it comes to type 2 diabetes, there are so many variables. Uh, age comes into it to a degree. Um, but 
type 2 diabetes in my experience in about 80 to 85 percent of cases can be reversed but it's not something that can be guaranteed um, i don't like to give people false hope but if they can't reverse it in that 15 to 20 percent of, of cases what they will learn is ways to manage the condition much more effectively but i would say yes in about four out of five cases it can be reversed through the changes that i outline in the book so your dad died of a heart attack but you didn't know he had type 2 diabetes and and it sounds like he didn't either so does type 2 diabetes cause heart attack yes right because my dad died of a heart attack he was 36 and okay he, he was out running and he just died dropped down dead out running trying to manage his health because he'd had a a scare the Christmas before and he'd taken up sports, stopped smoking, uh, lost weight and he went out running and he actually died of a heart attack out running. But I don't know the ins and outs, I was only 12 at the time. I know it was hardening of the arteries, I don't know you know how high his cholesterol was, whether there was type 2 diabetes there, I, I don't know any of that. But I do know he died very, very young of a heart attack. I do know that I see a lot of business people putting on weight, not looking after themselves, sitting in chairs all day, looking at screens, maybe not as healthy as they were. And you just do worry that there's a lot of heart attacks waiting to happen, if you will. And obviously, we need to prevent the type 2 diabetes so do you think the type 2 diabetes caused his heart attack? Is that what you found out? In terms of my dad, there was a direct link to the type 2. Right. In terms of your dad, there could be lots of reasons. Uh, type 2 diabetes puts a lot of stress onto the cardiovascular system, puts a lot of stress onto the heart. There are some pretty unpleasant complications linked to type 2 diabetes, which, which again, I mentioned in the book because... I need people to take this seriously because, it, you know, it is the leading cause of amputation in, in the UK. It is one of the leading causes of blindness. It affects the brain. There's lots of links between type 2 diabetes and, and, and Alzheimer's disease. It affects the kidneys. Um, it affects pretty much every system of the body. And I, I have this a lot where people who, who, who are first diagnosed just say, well, it just means I can't drink Coke anymore. I and mean, it's like, you know, if you don't deal with this, the potential ramifications as you get older are very, very serious. It will massively impact your life. Not only would it impact your quality of life, but it could actually cut your life short as well. And it's a really interesting point that you made about business owners, because I'm a business owner. I have been now for, wow, nearly 20 years. And I see it a lot when I network with people who are also business owners. And what they do is they spend so much time and energy and effort in the health of their business. Yeah. But they don't necessarily focus on their own health and it's quite an interesting position because i've had some really good good discussions with people in those situations and i say to them look you know if you're not at your best if you're not at the healthiest you can be if you're not at your most energetic and your most vibrant and your most uh, enthusiastic you know if you're not the best person you can be then i'd argue that you're probably doing your business a disservice yeah. And imagine however well your business is doing, imagine how much better it could be if you were in better health. And it's a bit of a 
interesting argument could be because obviously we run businesses we're passionate about our businesses we want them to do well you know we want to make money we want to change people's lives whatever the reason we're in business but sometimes as business owners we do that to our own detriment and what lots of business owners don't realize or don't think about so much particularly small business owners is that if they're not around either they're out of action because of bad health or they're they're dead because of bad health without them there isn't a business and a lot of people say well i'm running this business to provide for my family and to do x y and z and go on holidays but if you're not looking after yourself you're not going to be there for all those things either exactly so in my opinion you put yourself first before your business and that isn't selfish um i believe it is selfless you know, to put yourself first is to provide your business with the best chance it can possibly have. And like I say, for, for many people, without them, there isn't a business. So you went and qualified as a nutritionist because you wanted to help people. So where did the, the KISS plan come from? So going back to about 2015, 2016, um, I had numerous people pester me in the nicest way about writing the book. And I never, initially, I never really saw the reason to do it. I knew it would be good potentially from my profile, from my business, maybe. But I never really properly grasped the the reason for writing the book. And every time I sort of dabbled and I sort of jumped into it, I kind of got myself in a bit of a mess because I was trying to be all things to all people. I was on my way to a networking meeting back in January 2020. And I remember the exact moment I was on the M20. It was about six o'clock in the morning. And I had one of these light bulb moments. And it was the KISS plan. And initially it was KISS. Um, so I, I pulled off the motorway at the next services. Uh, I grabbed my pen, grabbed my paper, started, started making notes. Bear in mind, I was, I, I was on my way to a networking meeting. But I had to write down some ideas that were just flying around my head before I'd forgotten and initially, like I said, it was the KISS, K-I-S-S plan. And then it developed into K-I-S-S-S. One, because it's people ask about why there are three S's. It makes it a little bit different. So it's a bit of a conversation opener. And also the three S's, thinking about it, are the real foundation stones to what I try to teach my clients. And then the big penny drop for me, as I mentioned, in previous years, I was trying to write I was trying to be all things to all people. And then I realized that I didn't have to be all things to all people and try to please everyone, that I was actually writing the book for my dad. Right. As soon as that, I I get actually goosebumps. Mm. um, As I realized that this was my message to my dad. This is the book that I would have given him 15 years ago and said to him, dad, please read this. It might save your life. As soon as I had that clarity that I was writing to him as a person, everything else just fell into place. Wow. Yeah, I get that. And my dad was a business owner. My dad owned his own power tool company. He'd retired about 18 months before he died. He retired. He was a man of moderate intelligence. Yeah, he, wasn't, he, he wasn't an intellectual. But he was, an, you know, he was an intelligent man. He was a capable man. He ran his own business. He understood nothing about nutrition. And so that was my baseline. I'm writing to 
a person who needs help, who is of moderate average intelligence, but understands nothing about nutrition. Yeah. And that was, that was the birth of the book. Now, it's a four-step guide. Yes. So obviously, it'd be great if people went to get the book and followed this for their own health. But can you roughly tell us what's in the four steps? So the four steps, I tried to keep it as simple as possible. That's the philosophy of the KISS program, K-I-S-S-S. Keep it smart, simple and sustainable. So smart as in making smart choices. Simple as in let's not overcomplicate this because you know what? You really don't need to. And most importantly, make it sustainable. I'm not into diets uh, because inevitably they don't last and people just go on that diet roller coaster. This is about sustainability. And that brings into the four steps. So the four steps are the steps I teach my clients. So the, the first step is about nutrition. Now, as a nutritionist, as you would expect, that section is actually biggest of the four sections. But actually, it's also probably the most important. The, the other three are important, but nutrition is really key. You can't out-exercise a bad diet. doesn't matter how much you go down the gym. If your diet is bad, it will only take you so far. So the first step is about nutrition. Um, so I try to educate people about the different facets of nutrition. So we talk about carbohydrates, fats, proteins, uh, sweeteners. Uh, I help people to understand the, um, the way insulin works, the sugar addiction cycle. We talk um, about snacking. We talk about sweet things. There's loads of the hydrations in there, alcohols in there. So all these things come under the umbrella of step one, which is about nutrition. Step two is about movement and exercise. Uh, an important part, uh, not, I would say, as important as what you consume, but exercise is good, not just for your physical health, but also for your mental health. And I try and cater for people of differing, uh, differing abilities and also differing amounts of spare time to be able to exercise. So it's not about being a gym bunny and going down the gym two hours a day, seven days a week. It's about trying to fit in different types of exercise around a busy schedule. And even if that's only going out for a walk for half an hour a day. Yeah. Sometimes even that's, you know, or doing that is better than doing nothing. Of course. Yeah. Anything. Step three. So three is about the holistic side of wellness. Uh, now, my beliefs and my, and my training and my knowledge is very science-based. So it's very evidence-based. But the holistic side of, of being well, and this is whether you are diabetic or not, the holistic side of being well is really important. So things like stress management, stress management, really, really important. Um, in relation to blood sugars, uncontrolled stress plays havoc with blood sugar levels. Um, we, look, we look at mindfulness. We look at the importance of sleep. And again, sleep quality and quantity, really, really important. These all come within the holistic side um, of, of, of wellness. Uh, we look at things like uh, journaling. We look at deep breathing. We look at mindfulness. So, you know, these, these are techniques and, and, and things that aren't directly related to what you eat and what you drink and how much you exercise, but they do play a critical part in being well. And step four. Now, step four is an interesting one because I was I was torn whether this should be number one or number four. So it's of as important as much importance as any of the other areas. And in fact, it is probably the thing that we attack first uh, when I when I look at new clients 
and I look at whether or not I'm the right fit for them or, or, or whether or not I can help them. Step four comes into play, which is about mindset. So someone can be diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. They can be diagnosed with pre-diabetes. Uh, they might not have either, but they might just be overweight or have a bad diet. And where mindset comes in is that willingness to want to make a change. Yeah. Because if you're diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and I say, well, you know, if you eat better, if you move more, if you get better sleep, manage stress better, you have a good chance for reversing it. Unless their head is in the right place, nothing will happen. No. So the psychological part of diabetes management and reversal, even pre-diabetes reversal, the psychological part and understanding how the brain works, um, how we form habits, how we can create more positive habits, um, how we can link habits together, how we can celebrate uh, the wins that we have, how we, can, how we can be adaptable. I talk about the power of positive reinforcement, the psychological side, the mental side, if you like, of being healthier. You know, let's put type 2 diabetes to, to, to the side for one moment, but just being healthier. If your head is in the right place, you can achieve amazing things. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So the KISS plan is available at Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess they just look up the KISS plan. If they go to Amazon and type in the KISS plan with three S's, it will try to redirect you to the KISS plan with two S's, but then you can click on it and, and it will take you to the KISS, the KISS plan with three S's. The website address is www.the-kiss with three S's plan.com. That will take you to a page on my website where it explains in much more detail about the, what the book's all about. I put together a short introduction video. Um, I mentioned there's a bonus pack. There is a bonus pack that comes with the book, which has over 100 recipes in there that I put together. So there's breakfast recipes, lunchtime recipes and evening meal recipes. There is a smart goals worksheet. There is a habits worksheet as well. And there are also action sheets that the that the reader can fill in as they go through the book. So within each section uh, of each step, there are numerous action points that people can put into practice. And I provided with them with like blank action steps worksheets so they can actually complete them as they go through the book. Well, at any time of year, it's a great time to start and look after your health. But for, for now, at the time of recording, it's a great time to think this is my new year people can be getting this over christmas getting organized and that this can be the plan of action but at any time that you listen to this you can start and improve your health improve your life and improve your business so thanks for telling us about that and that's www.the-kiss-plan.com and you can read all about the four-step guide and get yourself back on track you know look after yourself everybody you've got to if you don't no one else will it's it's about you. If you don't take hold of this, no one can do this for you. No one can say, I am going to reverse your uh, type 2 diabetes or I'm going to prevent you getting type 2 diabetes. You have to take action. And if it was something in your business that you had to do, you would go and take that action. You'd follow those goals. 
you would go and take action. So please do that for your health. Thank you, Kath, and thank you for the opportunity. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about me or my business, or you want to start your very own podcast, contact me at voiceitpodcastagency.co.uk. I'll see you next time.